Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Tomorrow, it's Saints-Jets' third preseason game. We do know Drew Brees is going to play, and we'll be watching roster battles on both sides of the football. We've talked about them a lot this week, less than 24 hours away from that game, and we'll get a preview now with the help from Brett Martell, Associated Press sports writer based in New Orleans. He's on Twitter, at Brett Martell. Brett, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? Uh, look, I'm, I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm very intrigued about what we're going to gonna see tomorrow. And, you know, I, Sean Payne, I guess no surprise, right? He says uh, Drew Brees is going to play. So how, how long? You, how many series, how long do you think we'll see Drew out there? I would expect it would be about two series. But if they have a really successful first series and score right away, it's possible he would come out after one. I've seen that before. Um, but I would think, yeah, I would think two series probably. Has the, the struggles on offense, especially in the red zone, that uh, two of eight, I think, in the red zone, and that's just scores, not touchdowns. Two of eight in the red zone uh, over the first two preseason games. Is that just uh, attributed to hey, the first team offense, Drew Brees not being out there, Brett, or is it deeper than that? Well, I don't think it's a problem. I mean, I, I think that it's possibly you know all of your first team guys not being out there, and also uh, you know in the preseason, the coaches are. You know they're 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 practicing their own stuff. They're not scheming for the opponent, and a lot of the play calling is really designed to get I think people on film so they can you know your own guys on film so you can go back and look and see if they did their assignments right. Because really what they're trying to do is they're not trying to. They, I mean they want they pay lip service to winning because they want to foster a competitive and winning culture. But what they're really trying to do is evaluate um, who's going to make the team and, and among those people who do make the team how much you know, what kind of roles they can have and how much they can really help. And they can't evaluate that without, you know, specifically putting these guys in a position to succeed or fail um, in, in these games. So it's just, it's hard to really look at, a, I think, look at a, a red zone problem in the preseason and necessarily think it would translate to the regular season. And that evaluation of the wide receiver position may be the hardest of, of any group on this team. How have you handicapped that race, Brett, to, to, I don't know, five, maybe six spots there that they might keep at wide receiver? Well, yeah, I think it would be uh, six if they're confident in the special teams abilities of all, of all six guys. But um, otherwise, it might be five. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm still waiting to see what happens with Marcus Sherrill's really, and if he's healthy, and if he's going to get her, or if it's going to go to, you know, if they really like Deontay Harris that much. Um, so, I mean, obviously, you know, you've got your your top three, which are probably the the uh, you know the, the main guys from last year, being Thomas and Ginn, um, and also uh, Traquan Smith. Um, and then after that, you know, it's kind of interesting. I mean, you know, I, Austin Card shows signs of of being a guy that they can count on. Um, but he has, you know, what he has going against him is he just doesn't have kind of the size uh, of an Emmanuel Butler or or a little Jordan Humphrey, um, you know, or the speed of a Cyril Grayson Jr. So, you know, it's uh, Austin Card could maybe develop into a Lance Moore type of effective possession receiver and in you know he's got the experience so we'll have to see if they decide to go that way i mean i you know emmanuel butler's had a lot of work with the first team and 
it really seems like they see him as Marcus Colson the second. I mean, they're hoping that he'll become that, but he just hasn't shown in a preseason game yet because obviously he was, you know, he was he was just coming back from injury and didn't play in the first one, and then in the second one, um, he didn't get thrown to very much and he dropped the pass right in his hands, and that was not like what we were seeing in practice. Um, I think they're going to want to see that in the game, so I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a lot of work in these last two preseason games. You know, Butler's such an interesting ca- test case, and we have one of these, Brett. You know, this every year that. And I'll point the finger at myself um, and other people who, you know, we try to find camp storylines to latch on to and, you know, get our audiences and our readers and our viewers hyped up about. And he was that guy the first couple of weeks. Have have we overblown that storyline where, you know, the first week or so maybe he was a standout but hasn't been since then? And and maybe he's not really uh, such a lock to be on this roster as a lot of people think? Well, I don't know yet. I mean, I wouldn't fault the media for buying, for promoting that storyline only because of how the coaches have talked about him, you know? So, you know, you see it, you see it on the field a little bit in practice and you see that how they're practicing him, you know, with, you know, either the first or second team a lot. And, uh, and you hear the coaches speaking about how encouraged they are and how hopeful they are about his potential. It's, you know, you, you feel like there's something to that, uh, you know, and it was just, I mean, he only, I can only recall one throw that he got in the LA game and that was the one near the sidelines where it bounced right off his hands. Yeah. Um, but I may have, I, you know, it's like, there's a lot of plays in the game. I may be forgetting one, but, um, yeah. And that's why I just think that, you know, we'll see what happens in these last two games, but I would expect them to be heavily involved because I think they like him enough that they're not going to want to, uh, cut ties with him without giving him a real chance to redeem himself for that drop and to see if he can show in a game what he had shown in practice. We're talking to Brett Martell, Associated Press sports writer based in New Orleans. He's on Twitter at Brett Martell. Other side of the football, a lot of, a lot of focus has been on Trey Hendrickson the last couple of weeks and seems like, Brett, he is primed for a breakout year in his third season. And and I think people, some maybe forget, he is part of that you know amazing draft class, the one that included uh, – uh, Alvin Kamara and, and company, Marshawn Lattimore, a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, you know, effort's never been a question with him. Um, he really practices hard and goes really fast. Uh, you know, he's just very he's just very quick and vigorous, and every, everything about him, his body language looks good. Um, he's a hard guy to read, frankly, when we talk to him. He's, he's pretty closed off, and you've probably noticed that in the post-practice media scrum. I mean, all of his answers are very short and sort of <laughs> all business <cliche> right? <laughs> oriented. Yeah. Um, but now's the time for him. I mean, you know, in his third season, I mean, now's the time when he has to step up and, and try to do it and they may need him to do it um, depending on whether Marcus Davenport is really ready to fulfill the promise that the Saints thought he had when they, traded up to uh, draft him in the first round last year. And, and that, I guess it's kind of the opposite with Marcus Davenport. And I look, I just, and it shouldn't really judge a player at all on what they say in the press conferences, but he's kind of the opposite of Hendrickson where he, he says a lot, but he thinks about a lot, very introspective. And I think uh, you were the one who used that word before when I was talking to you. And right. he hasn't had a good preseason, right? I think, I think he would even admit that. It hasn't been great, although he did show up a little bit in preseason game two in the backfield there. Uh, so... Um, you know, Cam Jordan, who, you know, it's funny because Cam is kind of a goofy guy and uh, speaks in a lot of tangents and it'd be hard to follow sometimes, but he does seem to be uh, pretty um, 
high on on Davenport's potential. Um, but he also was, I think, pretty frank. And it's, it was funny. I, I kind of felt validated when Cam said, I, I tell Marcus that he just he doesn't always have to think so much. Sometimes he just has to do it. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so, you know, because, I mean, you do, you do see Davenport as a pensive guy. And, um, but he also strikes me as a lot more confident this year. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think it's totally reasonable for a person with a tremendous skill set to kind of over the first three years of his career, not just in football, I've seen it in the NBA too, kind of, you know, he, he doesn't, it's not like a Marshall Lattimore, Alvin Kamara burst onto the scene right away, but he can develop into someone who's really good over time. So, um, you know, I think Mar- I'm having a mental block, but it was the, the guy picked by the Texans ahead of Reggie Bush, Mario. Oh, uh, Williams. Williams. Right. Yeah. Williams. Mario Williams. Yeah. He was kind of a disappointment in his first couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then he, and then, but then he developed and he had some really good years. So, you know, I mean, maybe Davenport's on that kind of track. It, it, that's Brett. That is very odd. You mentioned that. Cause I mentioned that yesterday on the show. I actually, I went through kind of his career and said, you know, look at Mario Williams actually turned into probably not a hall of fame guy, but certainly, you know, maybe a step back from that very, very good career. And certainly one that probably justified, uh, justified his draft pick. I am wondering this defense with the, concerns that's the wrong word with the uncertainty about just how drew Brees, good drew Brees is going to be how good the offense is going to be is it important that this defense takes another step this year that they do become among the best in the nfl if they want to make a run at a super bowl i don't know if they have to be the best in terms of rankings and yards per game they just they have to have the right they, they really just have to you know it's funny because i hate using coaches jargon like complimentary football but I understand why they use that term all the time. They have to be better against the opposing offense in any given game than the Saints' offense is, <laughs> yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah so, so uh, or, I, I, might, I might not have even said that right, and I apologize. But essentially what I'm saying is that, you know, the Saints have a prolific offense. And so if uh, the defense can kind of bend but not break, force more field goals, you know, when they give up a lot of yards, get some timely turnovers, um, put the offense in favorable positions, I think they can go a long way. The year that the Saints won the Super Bowl, if I remember right, the defense was ranked in the 20s in terms of yards allowed per game. But they had a ton of huge game-changing plays, uh, particularly uh, interceptions, and a lot of them by Darren Sharper. So, you know, if they are able to get those kind of big plays at the right time, that can make all the difference. He's Brett Martell. He covers this team in New Orleans sports for the Associated Press. Give him a follow on Twitter at Brett Martell. Brett, enjoy the game tomorrow, and uh, I know you're probably glad camp is in the books like the rest of us, right? A little over either. Yeah, I mean, it's always a fun thing to do, but after a few weeks, you know, in the heat, it's it's good to be able to, yeah, just kind of go back to the regular schedule there. So I'm I'm sure a lot of people are relieved. Yes, yeah, step back, and uh, we can all take a long, deep breath. Uh, Appreciate the time tonight, Brett. Thanks so much. All right, good to be on the show. Great job. Thanks. All right, thanks. Thanks, Brett. All right, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow it is Jets-Saints preseason game three. I'm really excited to see Sam Darnold from the other side. He's a guy last year, struggled a little bit early, got a lot better later in the season, showed all the talent we saw at USC. Glad we see him up close and personal here from the Saints' perspective, and it'll be the first time since 2006 that the Saints and the Jets have played in the preseason. So 
a little rarity there. Open up our phone lines for you now, 504-260-1870. Our text line, of course, is 870-870. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll tonight. Are you watching the Little League World Series? Yes or no? I bet most of you are, at least who are listening to this show. 504-260-1870 again. Text 870-870. The last lap back in a second on WWL. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.